Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Yeah, Wake Up Call hanging out with you, 8 o'clock hour. We're in the drivehubler.com studios. We'll get some more Andrew Luck sound. We'll continue getting you ready for the Colts and Ravens, all that pregame coverage beginning Sunday at noon. Uh, well, let's get Greg Rakestraw in. I mean, let's talk some sports with him. ISC Sports Network, you know him, voice of Indy 11, postgame host. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll celebrate with him on Sunday or complain to him on Sunday uh, after the Ravens and Colts. Greg, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Uh, we're fantastic. I'll open this up for you and KB and Mark. Do you know what today? It's the 15th anniversary of a historic uh, rant by a coach. Any idea what that might be? It happened September 22nd, 2000. Uh, actually, 2007. So this would be the 16-year anniversary. Would that be needing some dogs in Coastal Carolina? Uh, no, that's a, that's a good one. That's, that might be the it's, best one out there, it's, right? It's okay. the, is this the Dennis Green we know we thought no, they are who we thought we were? Keep going. You guys are right I'm there. I'm a man. There I'm 40. It is. There it is, Kevin Bowen. I'm a man. I'm 40. Mike Gundy, 16 years ago today, berated a newspaper reporter at Oklahoma State. <laughs> so Mike Gundy is 56 years old and still wears his hair like that. Got it. Okay, good enough. Okay, so me and Rakes all completely agree with that. Enough with the mullet. I, I You're that old. son is the starter quarterback at, or one of the quarterbacks Oklahoma State? I'm sure and they he just is. Lost, this is uh, now we're really off the rails. Oklahoma right? State football. Follow me on this. They just got smoked by South Alabama this past weekend. South Alabama's head coach uh, is the former defensive coordinator at IU under Tom Allen. South Alabama's quarterback rake? Gus Bradley's son. <laughs> Yeah. Really? Carter Bradley. Carter Bradley was 10 of 16, a buck 52, and two touchdowns. He managed the game for Man, South Alabama last them? week. It wasn't thirty-three. Close, right? No, it's 33-7. Yep. They led 23 nothing at halftime. When you get beat by directional paycheck like that in your building, um, you're about to be a man that's 56 years old and potentially unemployed. So, uh, that is well said. Uh, Greg Rickstraw is with us here, ISC Sports Network. We'll get to some high school action and obviously a big college weekend, not only tonight, but certainly tomorrow in South Bend in just a second. Rick, I, I think if we were talking just in the short term, I've said this week, I can make an argument that Ryan Kelly's a bigger loss than Anthony Richardson for Sunday. Just in the short term, how significant do you think it is, not only the quarterback, but potentially not having your center for Sunday either, considering what's behind each of them? You know, I I think it's, again, Ryan Kelly's been here for eight years for a reason, okay? Clearly, he is a linchpin of the locker room. I think it's a big deal because of the defense you're playing, Maybe it's less of a big deal if you've got the more experienced quarterback behind the center. There's always a reason why a guy is a starter and a reason why a guy is a backup. Um, But I think as long as this is not a long-term or a lingering injury, I'm not sure you'll have that big of an effect from the drop-off from the center position. Again, it's one thing to come in and, 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 and fill in. Another thing when you're playing the Houston Texans, so does it have a negative impact on Sunday's game? Of course it does. 
Um, but as long as this is not long-term, I think the Colts can, can manage for a game, I think, just fine. Greg, how do you begin to uh, look at this game with the realization that Minshew most likely is going to be the starter, whether AR is uh, you know cleared this weekend, but he's missed all of this practice at this point. It's Minshew mania most likely on Sunday. How does that change your view of the game? It might give the Colts a better chance to win this one, to, to be honest with you. Um, just because, again, um, you're talking about Anthony Richardson's third start. And this is potentially as good of a defense as you are going to see all year long. Hostile environment on the road. Frankly, Anthony needs to get these experiences to make him right. better. But again, for the short term, perhaps this gives you as good of a chance to win the game if not even a better chance to win the game. So let's face it, in the limited sample size we have seen, Richardson has looked solid. And again, there are limitations that Minshew has. But the phrase game manager comes to mind. And again, I I, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Most games during the NFL season aren't. Most Ravens games typically aren't. Um, but, but again... It, it's it's same thing I say about Ryan Kelly. Long term, Anthony needs to be out there. Short term, I think you're going to be okay with what you got. Rick, we've got HSC in Zionsville on our airwaves tonight. Seven o'clock kick, of course. Eugene Hilton, the son of Ty Hilton, I know, continues to pull in some offers. What what are we looking at in terms of his collegiate projection? He's just a junior, right? But it seems like he's on the cusp of like consistent top twenty five offers and. You know, maybe knocking on the door for some bigger ones than that. Much, correct me if I'm wrong, taller than his father, right? A little bit. Uh, I don't have a chance to see Zionsville on a, on a regular basis. So the last time I would have seen him would have been as a freshman in the 5A state championship game a couple of years ago. But obviously I know what, what he's been doing. Uh, and, and obviously I, I think you, you, you want to see almost kind of a, a little more size there, but at the same time, you kind of have a pedigree or a track record that, that, that helps in that recruitment because you know what his dad did as, as an undersized receiver and getting 10 years, 11 seasons, really, in the National Football League. So I think you summed it up pretty well. You know, I, I think there's, you know, you're, you're getting some power fives, and frankly, if he keeps on the trajectory that he has been on as both a junior and a senior, you expect that to improve. There is, the, there is the caveat, though, that, again, recruiting has changed for everybody because of the transfer portal. So maybe you won't see as high a level of an offer for him as you would have five years ago because so many of, of the Power 5 schools are simply recruiting guys from other schools at this point. Did I hear you correctly? I think you were on with John earlier this week. You said it, it's the deepest you've seen. I don't know if deepest is the right word. Maybe most wide open you've seen 6A in quite some time. No, I'd, I'd give you deepest is fine. Um, there was a year, and, and I it would, guess it would have been four years ago now, in 2019, when Center Grove made a run, um, and, and they were 4-5 and five in the regular season and made the state championship game. Part of that was because Carson Steele missed such a large chunk of the year. Uh, you add him into the mix, and, and, and they're able to kind of get it going. That was the year where, where 6A was wide open. It had parity, but I'm not sure there's anybody that was great. Carmel ended up winning the state championship that year. Um, so often than not, seemingly, this is the 11th season of having a sixth class for just the top 32 enrollments. There has been a dominant team that you knew, hey, 
barring something happening, that team's going to win, whether it's 17 Ben Davis, 18, you know, Warren Central. What Center Grove was, you know, especially in 2021. You knew Westville's going to give them a better game, and clearly they did last year in in, in the state champion. Or excuse me, I guess it wasn't Westville; it was it was Carroll. You know, the Center Grove was going to win that game. They was kind of a reloading year uh, for Center Grove. So Center Grove in, in 2020 that was such a dominant force. This year, I think there are more really good teams we've ever had before. Center Grove is in that conversation. Ben Davis is in that conversation. You know, whomever kind of comes out of the north, you know, I'd probably lean towards Hamilton Southeastern at this point. Obviously, Brownsburg is really good and would link up with potentially both Ben Davis and Center Grove at some point along the road. So I, I, I think there are four, five, maybe even six state championship caliber teams in 6A this year. I'm not sure we've had that since we've had the beginning of 6A back in uh, in 2012-2013. Greg Rakestraw with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline Football Friday on the Fan. Uh, I want to ask you about IU and Purdue. Uh, I was just reading an article, I think yeah, uh, last night, Indy Star kind of had, you know, they listed who might be Mr. Football in Indiana. Does does Greg Rakestraw have an opinion who might be Mr. Football in Indiana this season? You know, I always default towards the quarterbacks, right? Uh, and, and and Kyle had the story yesterday, and, and and it's a it's a deep and balanced group. You start with the quarterback position, so there's the guy that gets most of the attention in Danny O'Neill in Cathedral. Obviously, you're going to go play for Deion Sanders in Colorado. Everybody's talking about you at this point, and rightfully so. This is a Cathedral team that is always good. They are not as as stacked as they have been. In years gone by, by their lofty standards, I think it's a bit of a down year for them. So I'm not sure just how far into the playoffs. Perhaps it's 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 the regional round that might be the stopping point for Cathedral. Is that enough to make him Mr. Football? Perhaps. Uh, you know, how far does Center Grove go? The Cherry Kid that's going to play at Duke is potentially a two-year starter at quarterback on what would be potentially a four-year state championship team. They throw the ball a little bit more now with him back there. They don't throw it a lot at Center Grove. Um, this will be their first opponent from the state of Indiana that they're playing <laughs> wow. this week. Does that have a negative impact on it? I really don't think so. I think they're such a well-known brand at this point. So you kind of start with, with those couple of players. The, the, the highest-rated recruits tend to be in the northern half of the state, but I'm not sure they're going to be playing on teams that are going to make deep tournament runs. Does the Georgia commit, who is going to go to IMG and then return to Northwood, does that team make the 4A state championship at, and what appears to be a pretty loaded north half of the 4A bracket? The talented player that plays at New Haven, you can have the exact same conversation with uh, with him at the Teddy Ohio State. How far do they play in the tournament? So, frankly, it is a crowded field, just like we would talk about kind of 6A this year, Again, I always tend to lean towards the quarterbacks, and, and to me, that makes it Cherry at Center Grove, O'Neill at Cathedral, that are likely the leading contenders. And you would need to include Thomas Gotkowski, who's going to play at Miami of Ohio, who's the quarterback at Ben Davis. If, if they make a run of the state championship game, I'm sure he'll get, he'll get some attention, and understandably so, at that position as well. What game you got tonight, Rick? So I'm doing things a little bit differently tonight. So our game in terms of Channel 23 and ISC is Carmel and North Central. We'll also have a crew doing Ben Davis and Lawrence North this evening. So very much looking forward to that. 
I am going south tonight. The folks at Washington have invited us to come down and stream televise their homecoming game, Washington Pike Central, the battle for the White River Trophy. It is also a rededication ceremony for, I love this name for their stadium, for Hatchet Hollow. (laughs) Nice. haven't had a new stadium or a, a, a completely redone stadium. I rarely in conversation bring up the Works Project Administration. That was a Great Depression-era economic kickstarter from the 30s. That's when Hatchet Hollow was built in the late 30s. They really haven't had a complete renovation of that stadium since that time until this offseason. New stands, new press box, new turf. And so that is the game that I have tonight. Washington yeah, nice. Central. Free to watch on the ISC Sports Network and the IHSAA Champions Network. So Jan Bozier and I have a little bit of uh, Wonder Indiana Redneck Autobahn uh, tour coming up uh, later coming this afternoon. I think Zeller's in Hatchet House. I don't think football down in that neck of the woods. <laughs> Most people would agree with you. And, and, and this is a Washington program that honestly has been historically down. Pike Central, you'd say the exact same thing about. So... This is an effort by the folks in Washington to really try to emphasize football and showcase what they are doing out there and, and trying to, you know, plant a flag in the ground and saying, hey, we can play football here as well. So for that exact reason is part of the reason that they're having us down uh, tonight uh, down in Davies County. Uh, last one. I want to ask you about Indiana. They have Akron. If you have, a, if you have a thought on that, that's fine. But Purdue in action tonight hosting Wisconsin. Any thoughts on that one? Just a three-point spread there uh, they're in West Lafayette. Wisconsin's not what they used to be, but they've still been a house of horrors uh, for Purdue. And frankly, for IU, too. Uh, you know, the, the COVID year, notwithstanding when Indiana went to an empty camp, Randall and won three years ago. Um, neither team uh, tends to have success against Wisconsin. And so, you know, with Purdue, every time we think we know what to expect, they've taken an opposite turn this year. So it makes sense that they could potentially knock off Wisconsin tonight. Um, so, yeah, it's an even game. History tells you to not expect anything great when you're playing Wisconsin if you're a Purdue fan. God, it's crazy how long that, that streak has been. Uh, Rick, should I be... was the starting quarterback of the Purdue Boilermakers the last time they beat Wisconsin. And Kevin Yeo, the starting quarterback, was for the Wisconsin Badgers in was, that game. Was it our guy, the pride of Tri-West right now? <laughs> that would be Jim Sorge, who I love. Oh, yes. So he was, he was bemoaning that stat uh, over cheeseburgers at the working man's friend a day ago yes gosh uh i give storage my best i love that human uh should i feel optimistic about my irish in south bend tomorrow i think you should I mean, it's never going to be easy uh, yes but if 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 you have if these two are playing every year this would be one of the handful of times in the last 20 years that notre dame would be favored against ohio state so i think notre dame is the better team i think obviously they're, i think they're more experienced and better at quarterback you could kind of question as to uh, exactly whom both teams have played leading up to this point uh, to, to, to make them as, as ready as possible. But I do like what I've seen from Notre Dame so far. Gosh, if Rake believes, I believe. That's my life motto that I have chosen to live by. <laughs> Print the t-shirts now. It's going to be up there with Catholic versus Convict. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Put it on a wall next to the shirt, yeah. Rake, safe travels down there tonight. That's an awesome idea that you guys are uh, are executing. So congrats on that. And uh, we'll be listening Sunday postgame show. Thanks, fellas. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, picks coming up. Full weekend of football. We have HSE Zionsville coming up tonight. Triple header college football on the fan on Saturday. And then Colts and Ravens. It all begins 9 a.m. on Sunday, getting you ready for week three of the NFL season. Matt Taylor going to join us in about eight minutes. Uh, KB, you want to take things away? How do, what, uh, what order do we want to go on as we tell you uh, what's going to happen on Sunday? Most likely my pick will be wrong. One. One. <laughs> Certainly, I think we start at one. You had a rundown there of picks. One NFL game that does jump out to me. Sure. I like the Packers at home with one and a half. Um, I, I thought Green Bay should have beat Atlanta last week. Packers suck. <laughs> and I'm just not, I, I don't know, I'm not fully believing in the Saints just yet. Short, right. short week off the Monday night. I'm going to take the Packers minus one and a half at home. Okay. Again, I don't know if you're. I, yeah, I don't know if you're doing that because of Mark. I don't know if you if you like that. Why game do you or, hate me? Yeah. Why do Why do you yeah, hate I, him? I, I, Although I guess I'm with you. I like with, <laughs> I'll leave right now. We both hate him. I guess. I feel like with Bears fans right now, it's probably one of those moments. Just worry about yourselves and not worry about yeah. the Packers. You see the fields and them. They were hugging. It's like, yeah, you're going to be zero and three. You're going oh, to yeah. Kansas City. This In, is the cute moment between Luke yeah, Getze and Justin if, Fields. You know, Mark knows this. If they had Houston this weekend, you could play. You could play this up that mm-hmm. we're now a happy family because we had the. Texans coming into town or something like that. But when you're going to Kansas City, it's like, yeah, no one's going to buy it. Nobody. Nobody. All right, what do you have, Colts? Go ahead. Mark, you want to go? I was going to give Mark an opportunity. <laughs> Any other NFL yes. things stuck out to him? Uh, yes. The Dolphins at home against the Broncos are six and a half point favorites. I don't see there's any way that the Broncos keep up with that offense of the Dolphins. Give now, me some six injuries, and a half in the Dolphins all day. Some injuries I don't care. for Miami. I, I just, don't care. I, I feel like we got to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, still, give me the Dolphins at home, six and a half point favorites. Give me that. There's no way Russell Wilson and company are keeping up with the Dolphins. Zero chance. Has Russell Wilson been any good this year? I mean, last year he was horrific. Has it been he's a little been, better this year? He's been better than horrific, I guess. Yeah, they huh. put they put Low up points. Bar is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, the, they, they put up points last week. The surprising thing is their the defense. Commanders, right? Their, yeah, their defense hasn't been as good. Their defense was a top five or six defense last year. Yeah, and they're not. They're not. They're not as good of a defense. And of course, that's not good when you go on the road to Miami. Plus, you know what you get. You guys know this. Come on. When the Pacers go to Miami and play the Heat, you get the Miami flu. Ooh. You go out a little bit, oh. maybe a little Saturday night. Well, Russell's well, not going out. I'm very faithful. Well, to uh, yeah, but I'm talking about everybody else. All right. Something to keep an eye on. Um, all right. Let's go. Uh, let's start in South Bend, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm sure. Go off. ahead. I I'm, would like to think I'm speaking with my head. Um, I don't know if I am. I've got 31-27 Irish. Um, I... I the quarterback-running back combination, in my opinion, again, I think I'm speaking with my head here. I think it's the best in college football. I do worry about, I know obviously Ohio State's wideouts speak for themselves. I think Notre Dame's secondary have some guys that can hold up. I know it's a different animal. I worry about the trenches. Can the pass rush generate enough? And then offensively, can you control the line of scrimmage? I know that's usually Notre Dame's calling card. Last year, I was surprised how much you hung in that game because I didn't think you handled that aspect to it. Uh, but I love Sam Hartman. 
I'm going to take the Irish 31-27. Yeah, I, I'm taking, uh, I, I had a very similar score. I Listen, I, I have Notre Dame winning as well, mostly just getting points at home. I, to me, I don't think yeah, Ohio State. but I want State, money line. I don't want a two-point I, I, loss. I understand, I understand. There's two different conversations here, but I think Notre Dame wins outright, and I think for a week here, Notre Dame is going to be one of the top two or three stories in college football. I do. Mark Dykton? Give me the Irish. Let's make it a clean oh boy, sweep. This is, oh, I know. Boy. This is a curse. Just put what the are hex we doing? On you, Kevin. I need to leave. I need to leave. Yeah. This is unbelievable. I think they, well, they'll cover the three points they win, and then, but I think it'll be like a one-point score, so give me like 31-30. Her name's Kicker. Does have a big leg. Mm-hmm. Spencer mm-hmm. Schrader. Um, okay, let's go Colts and Ravens. This line, again, has shifted a little bit. It was seven. Seven, seven and a half, I feel like, is what it mostly was all week long. It has now jumped up to eight and a half. The Ravens favored by eight and a half and over under of 44 in this one. Let's go in reverse order. Mark Dykton. Ravens 30, Colts 17. 30-17 for Mark. I'll go 27-17 Ravens. So the Ravens win and they cover. I, I don't know. It's not a it's not a strong take by me saying that. I just I think there's just too much with Baltimore. I think Minshew can keep them in the game. What they need is, you know, in that Jacksonville game, Buckner gets the touchdown and the you know the defense makes a play. They sorely need that in this game. Do they not? The Colts need to get a cheapie somewhere. Yeah, you got it. Short field. Right. Sh- short what field. Jacksonville. Yeah, they need to get a cheapie or two. I think Minshew can lead. Minshew can lead you on uh, a, you know, a couple scoring drives, but in the end, just too much for the defense to have to do. Twenty-seven, seventeen. Yeah, I say pray for the cyclone, right? Pray for the tropical cyclone. You know, if it's ugly weather, if it's windy, I do think that can play into the Colts' favor. I mean, Lamar Jackson footing, you know, those sorts of things. I would think Zach Boss would be a good bad weather runner, just kind of a one cut straight downhill guy, but. Still, that's too much of Mother Nature kind of creeping into it for me. Uh, 24-16. Hmm. I'll go with Ravens. That stat I brought up in the previous segment, guys, I, I know the five quarterbacks are pretty lowly, but one touchdown allowed in the last 300 minutes of football at home? Like, whoa. I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, I, I know. It's like you're playing FCS you teams just, week in and week you out. You just so. got to get Lamar Jackson just to have one of those off games, right? And he hasn't. I mean, he, he, he two hasn't, games, yeah. but he's been really solid. This season, so um, again, uh, injuries are very notable on both sides of it. Uh, but I'll say twenty four sixteen Ravens. All right, on the other side, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. He will be en route to Baltimore tomorrow afternoon. We'll chat with him next. Boy, the last. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at kisqali dot com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 15, 20 minutes of Radio KB. We've been giving picks. You know what that means. We're going to be mocked on Monday. That's a, It's a mocking oh, yeah. Monday. Oh, yeah. Whenever you go on the record with something, uh, you know it's going to be tragic. So uh, having some fun there. Reminder, the podcast will be up directly following the show. Always appreciate people uh, joining in wherever they can. All right, it's a football Friday here on The Fan. It's 9 o'clock. You know what that means. Matt Taylor joins us, voice of the Indianapolis Colts on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Mate, what's happening, man? How are you? 
My dudes, what's going on? Happy Friday, happy early weekend here. Uh, we're ready to go. Everyone's got a big weekend, I, I think, except for me. The in-laws are in town for me. KB's got the Notre Dame game and then the Colts on Sunday. And Mark's going to be golfing at 8 a.m. tomorrow. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. And Matt Taylor needs an umbrella, right? Are you taking an umbrella to Baltimore? Yeah, I'm not a big weather guy. The in-laws on a Friday night. That's a kick in the shorts. <laughs> Thank you. That sucks, dude. That, That's that like sucks, watching the Reds bullpen, Matt. Oh, yeah, I have oh. I have really good I have really Ooh. good in-laws, but I mean, yeah, no, it's I, I love my in-laws. So hopefully you you like your in-laws just as, as much as I do. But yeah, yes, I can, I can sympathize there. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I'm not a big weather guy there. KB. So tell me what's what's the latest? What's going on? Oh yeah, it's going to be bad, man. It's yeah, going to be rain. I don't know. Cyclone action. They're saying maybe the Mid Atlantic uh, might be more Saturday than a Sunday thing. But I don't know. Just something to keep an eye on. We'll see if it, if the wind lingers at all. I tend to think bad weather helps helps the Colts. That's just me. But um, yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend to be Chuck Lofton. I guess I am. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where uh, where it sounds like we're at here, heading into the first outdoor game of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I said. I'm. I don't have weather apps. Uh, I, I don't. To me, like I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent. Wait, you don't here, have weather apps? I'm sorry, Matt. You, you don't have a weather I app? I don't. I have. I have whatever is built into my phone, like uh, the one that comes with the phone. Okay. But I don't have a single weather that app. That app okay. is the worst app in the history of apps. Well, I thought he. Did, I thought Matt, you meant you didn't even look at an app. Like you just wake up every day choosing violence, like not no, knowing if no, 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 it, no, what no, it's no, going to no. be. No, I, I mean I, it's on my phone, Andy. I just never look at it. I'm I'm not a weather guy. It, I'm like there's nothing you can do about weather anyway. So why bother? I mean I I don't know. I, I and plus I mean half our games are at Lucas Oil Stadium. We played yeah. at NRG Stadium last week. Everybody's like. Oh my God! It's going to be so hot in Houston. Well, the game's inside, so who cares? <laughs> well, he's not wrong. Uh, how, this is part of the yeah. million reasons why I love Matt well, Dale. Well, Andy's in. Uh, Andy's in the press box, right in the press area. So you don't need to. Not, you need an umbrella right. to you know hook to the Comrex to yeah, be able to call the game. That's exactly. I mean, gone are my days where I'm in Buffalo, KB, in a uh, in a blizzard. Mm-hmm. Or I am I am rendered useless because my sideline gear has shorted out. I was gonna say of, you've you had know, some sideline moments over the years. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm over that stuff. I mean, back then I, I looked at weather. Now that I'm in the comfy cushion <laughs> of the press box, calling you know calling games, I don't, I don't do weather anymore. You damn right. Yeah, no, you just complain about the media <laughs> food. Uh, voice of the Colts, <laughs> Matt Taylor, he's with us here. Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Mate, matchup that stands out to you? I think each of the last couple of weeks we've talked about the defensive line, and it has really, really been stout. Um, they have an advantage, I think, again this week, considering some of the injury situations with Baltimore's O-line. I'll throw one at you. The Kenny Moore injury, I think, is something to monitor today. I know it's not Richardson. I know it's not Kelly. But when you look at Zay Flowers, he's been really, really good for his first yeah. two NFL games, particularly after the catch. And if your most experienced corner can't go – that to me is worrisome with how that unit played late in the game on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean the fourth quarter. I mean you don't want to give up points, you don't want to give up yards, but they they did come in garbage time. But it, it did kind of skew the way we looked at that game uh, last week in, in Houston. I mean C.J. Stroud had a good game. Don't get me wrong, and was very accurate, just like he's always proven to be. But 190 passing yards in the fourth quarter. And, you know, took advantage of some of the matchups. And, you know, we'll see where the Colts are at personnel-wise with, you know, Flowers and, and Daryl Baker Jr. And then you're right. I mean, if, if Kenny Moore can't play, which he didn't practice yesterday after after being limited on, on Wednesday a little bit in practice, 
uh, you know, it'd be next man up. That would be, I think, Tony Brown playing some of that in the uh, in the nickel. Um, you know, the Colts have some options there. They could move, maybe get a little bit um, tricky with, or creative, I should say, with maybe they move Julian Blackman to nickel. He did some of that towards the end of last year when Kenny Moore was out of the lineup with that injury. Uh, maybe they can move Nick Cross either to safety, have Blackman play nickel, or have Cross play some nickel. They've done some cross training with, with Nick Cross at the nickel position before. Um, but you're right. I mean, that's. You, I, I think. I think as of right now in the passing game for the Ravens, it would go Mark Andrews and then Zay Flowers. Even if Odell Beckham Jr. plays on Sunday, I still think Flowers is probably your biggest playmaker from the wide receiver uh, position, and he primarily lines up in the slot, and that's big if Kenny Moore can't play. So you're right. That's definitely a, a storyline uh, within the storylines of this game with Anthony Richardson still in the concussion protocol. Ryan Kelly still banged up in the concussion protocol, and Quentin Nelson's uh, status going into the game, a little bit murky as well. But, yeah, Kenny Moore having a great season, a bounce-back season from a year ago. This would be big if he can't play. Just amazing listing off uh, injuries just in this game with Baltimore and Indianapolis who might not be playing out there. We just gave our picks. There are sure to go wrong last segment, Matt. So uh, one thing I said in this game is, much like Jacksonville, you know, the defense needs to make plays, whether it be scoring a touchdown or giving Minshew perhaps AR, uh, whoever is there at quarterback, we can get to that here in a second. A short field. Uh, you know, we've talked so much about the offense. That defense specifically, the defensive line has passed the test for the most part in the first couple weeks. I think they just need to, to wreak havoc and it's going to be a, a huge point. If they can get some short fields and some turnovers, this can absolutely be a game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so far this season, it's it's been A-plus ever from the front seven and the pass rush. Eight sacks, 17 tackles for loss for this team. I think that's the highest number for the Colts through two games in terms of tackles for loss since 2001. Uh, You've got 10 guys with at least one tackle for loss. You've got six guys with at least a sack. Um, So it's it's really, really encouraging so far from what you're getting from from the pass rush unit. And you're right. I mean, if they're going to be down a couple of offensive linemen, maybe a, a left tackle, maybe a starting center with Linderbaum banged up, you got to get after it. You, you've got to win those matchups, and it doesn't matter how they come. You just you just got to get pressure, and you've got to have great rush discipline, lane integrity when you play a guy like Lamar Jackson, who might be the best, you know, all around playmaking quarterback in the NFL. Definitely, I think the best, you know, uh, playground playmaking quarterback, and I mean that as a compliment, just because of what he can do and how poised and in control he is in the offensive backfield. Um, but, yeah, I think front seven-wise, the Colts are – I know it's early. It's only the third game of the season, but they're turning into or at least showing that they have the potential to be elite with the sacks, the overall pressures, the disruptions, the tackles for loss, um, but then also, too, just stopping the run. Two and a half yards per carry allowed so far this season. Um, you know, if you take away that, that 26-yard – you know, I, I don't want to say it was a cheap run because – you know, they got in the end zone. You've got to do what you got to do. But, um, you know, Travis Etienne in that first game, you know, with the Jaguars had that late touchdown run from 26. If you erase that run, the Colts' numbers uh, stopping the run are just even better and even more elite. So, you know, defensively, you know, really, really good start. But I think this is going to be their stiffest test of the season um, in terms of trying to slow down the running game. It's crazy. You know, Casey, Casey Vallier, my, my colleague here with the Colts, he looked it up, and it's just it, it floors me that the the Ravens since 2018, Kevin, 
uh, since Lamar Jackson took over as their starting quarterback that year. I think it was like week 11. Uh, but, but since that time, week 11, 2018 to now, the Ravens are averaging 179 rushing yards per game. Hmm. All right? That's, that's, not, that's not like a season high. That's 179 yeah. yards average per game. That number would be season highs for a lot of teams in the NFL, and that's what they're averaging under Lamar Jackson. So that running uh, you know, ability defensively for the Colts, that, that's definitely going to be put to the test coming up on Sunday with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, who's, who's been their leading rusher as a quarterback for the last four years. Yeah, and again, obviously a variety of running backs, but Lamar Jackson, the uh, head of the stake when it comes to that impressive stat. Again, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joins us. Our coverage will begin coming up at 10 a.m. on Sunday. It's 1 o'clock kick from Baltimore. Matt, I was beyond impressed exiting that game on Sunday looking at the amount of plays Zach Moss played. I mean, for a modern-day running back to play every snap but one, it's an astronomical number, no matter who you are. I mean, you could be Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, whoever. Um, do you think that is sustainable and or the plan for the next two weeks until we see Taylor come back? Well, I, I, was, I agree with you. I, I was even more impressed because it was his first game. You know, he missed a bunch of time in training camp. Um, and and I, I think he was in really good uh, shape in terms of conditioning. But, you know, you just had to wonder where he was going to be with all that time uh, missed. Uh, in preseason and training camp, and the fact that he played in 98% of the snaps. Now, the one thing, not to take anything away from, uh, from, from Moss's performance in that game, but the Colts only ran 57 plays. That's, that's kind of a low number, which also speaks to their efficiency on offense. I think they only had the ball for like 25, 26 minutes in Houston and still were able to score 31 points per game. Um, now, if that number is higher, which I anticipated it being on Sunday – I don't know if, if, if the Colts want you know a running back, uh, Moss or anybody else, uh, to be, first of all, the only guy that runs the ball from the running back position, and then secondly, playing 98% of the snap. So I don't know if that's sustainable going forward. I don't know if that's the approach the Colts want. I imagine, Kevin, that this thing is going to be smoothed out a little bit. You know, Shane Steichen said they were going to roll with the hot hand, and there wasn't really any point in that game last Sunday where Moss wasn't the hot hand. You know, I start and he started the game hot, and then just continued on. But you know, Deion Jackson's on this team for a reason, and I know he had the forgettable game in Week One with two lost fumbles and the you know, running backs for the Colts without Moss only mustered whatever it was, twenty-five yards rushing. Um, so I, I think this will just naturally smooth out. But you know, I, I think that kind of speaks to you know, a bigger point for this game for the Colts in terms of time of possession. Again, the Colts have they've played two games. They've been under 30 minutes of time of possession in both games. Now they're scoring quick, but also they're going three and out. And, and that's, that's not good. The Colts actually have a 37% three and out percentage, which is second to last in the NFL this season. And the reason why that's important this week is the Ravens' defense, they have the fourth-best defensive three-and-out percentage. So they can get you off the field. They, they especially are really good in the first quarter. The Ravens haven't allowed a point, a first down. They've only allowed 23 yards of offense so far in the first uh, two games in the first quarter. So they're getting off the really, really fast starts. Um, their defense has, has forced five three-and-outs in the first quarters this season. So that's something to watch. You know, the Colts trying to gain some momentum and get some, get a spark early in the game. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll kind of smooth itself out, and I think Deion Jackson and um, Zach Moss will go back to being a kind of a, a two-pronged approach going forward in the running game and, and go back to that committee approach the Colts thought they might have at the beginning of the season. Matt Taylor joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock here on the Wake Up Call. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the probability that he will be the starter on Sunday. Uh, I guess, how do you handicap the game if he is the starter? What changes? What doesn't change? What do you make of all that? Well, I mean, obviously it's 50-50 right now with Anthony Richardson still being in the concussion protocol. So, I mean, with we all know the, the basic differences between the two quarterbacks. I mean, with Anthony Richardson in the game, you know, defenses have to put seven, more often than not, eight guys in their box to account for the run and prevent, you know, outside runs from the quarterback. You can't play sophisticated coverages a lot of times when you play a guy like Lamar Jackson and Anthony Richardson because you don't want – you know, defensive backs to, to turn their back to the ball. And that's where Anthony Richardson just took full advantage on that draw play near the goal line against the Houston Texans. It was drawn up beautifully, executed beautifully. That's why you draft Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, when Richardson's in the game, you always have to be aware of, you know, those ad-lib backyard plays. You know, he can throw the ball down the field. He's got a great deep ball ability. Um, and that's just not the case with Gardner Minshew. It's kind of the exact opposite. He's going to beat you. Uh, he's not going to beat you, I should say, with quarterback designers. Um, he complements the running game with a quick RPO game. There's a lot of uh, outside quick screens to complement the running game as well. Um, he's kind of that rhythmic passer. He gets into a groove and completes a lot of intermediate throws on the first and second level. Um, the biggest thing in this game, if Gardner Minshew is, is going to play quarterback, you got to be able to run the ball, and it's going to be, I think, Kevin and and Andy, it's, it's probably you're going to see more of what Jacksonville did up front more so than what Houston did, right? That bare defense where the defensive tackles are pinched in, the defensive ends are out wide, and it's tough to run the ball in the middle. They force you to run off tackle. You're going to, get, you're going to have to get creative schematically to do that. Um, so, you know, inevitably with that, you're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to win outside the numbers in the passing game. And Gardner Minshew is going to have to make some throws into some tight windows in order for the Colts to sustain drives, put up points, and ultimately win this game. So those are the basic differences between the two quarterbacks. We all know that. We, we saw that you know, on full display during training camp in the preseason. That's not breaking any news. But the good news is, is that Minshew's ready. He can play. I mean, the guy had no first-team reps at all last week and came in off the bench cold and completed 83% of his passes and led the Colts on scoring drives on his first three possessions of the game. Uh, against the Houston Texans. So you still feel confident about you know the Colts' chances to win this football game. It's just going to look different schematically and aesthetically compared to Anthony Richardson if Gardner Minshew's out there. In voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, he's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. He and many others will board a plane. To head to Baltimore tomorrow afternoon, and our coverage will begin Sunday at 10 a.m. Matt, a couple of guys that I didn't really mention too, too much, and I guess it's a bit understandable given the storylines exiting that Week 2 win in Houston, but a couple of young guys that I did want to just kind of give a hat tip to. Um, I thought a really nice rookie debut for Will Mallory, the fifth-round pick out of Miami. I mean, he missed a lot of time. We're talking Juju Brents-type time. He missed in the offseason. 
you know, fastest 40-yard dash of any tight end at the Combine. He's got family ties, obviously the Mallory last name. I know he was on with John earlier this week. I thought a couple nice catches for him. Uh, and then Josh Downs, who's certainly much more of a household rookie with the amount of, I think, anticipation that's been around him. We saw him a lot produce at a pretty high level. Uh, but to me, when you're talking about young skill guys, you're talking about potential to have some building blocks with Anthony Richardson moving forward. Downs is a name that we certainly know, but I'm curious to watch more of Mallory here moving forward. Yeah, I thought both guys were tremendous in Houston. You're exactly right. I mean, Josh Downs, is, uh, he, he's going to be a big part of this offense. And I think, you know, third in those, you know, those money downs on third down, right? Those in-between uh, down and distances in terms of it doesn't really favor the offense or the defense. Third and five, third and four, that's where Josh Downs is coming into play. And I know Rick really agrees with me on that as well. I mean, we're, we're sitting there looking at each other uh, in Houston on those third and shorts. Like, this is these are Josh Downs' downs. You know, get, get him the football uh, you know, over the middle, yards after the catch, move the sticks. That's definitely where he comes into play. And really excited for Will Mallory, you know, that that Drew Ogletree injury opened the door for him, and he was able to come in and capitalize on it. He had that big, you know, 43-yard catch, which, by the way, that's the longest uh, play from scrimmage so far this year for the Colts. A little bit of a busted coverage, but, hey, you take him no matter how you can get him. And and Mallory uh, slipped to the defense, and and, uh, Gardner Minshew put it right on the money. He also had another six-yard catch for a first down on a contested ball, tight window throw from Minshew in the third quarter. So you feel really excited about where both guys are. You feel excited about their futures in Indianapolis. And I got a feeling both of them are going to be mainstays here for a, for a long, long time, building a lot of chemistry with uh, with the quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Um, and you're right. It's exciting to see, you know, the metrics play out, you know, the combine and the, you know, the athletic traits, you know, translate in a game in a regular season, especially with Mallory getting his first chance to go out there and show what he can do. Um, he's a deceptively good, I think, run blocker, but uh, the versatility in the passing game is what the Colts are trying to exploit, and uh, hopefully we see more of that coming up this weekend. All right, Matt, you were mentioning that no longer you are on the sidelines. Your sideline reporter, Lara Overton, oh, did boy. send a text during oh, this interview. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's my problem now, Mate. <laughs> If Jim Cantori shows up at MTNT Stadium, I'm deuces. So if we get a Cantori signing on Sunday afternoon, you might not have Lair Overton, okay? I mean, we, we've all been there. I, I've, I've had multiple instances. Where oh, I, boy. Uphill both ways to school. Here we go. Oh, come on now. I, I've, had, I've had a lot of instances where I'm thinking, all right, what am I doing with my life right now? Sitting here on on a sideline getting pounded by snow, pounded by rain, or it's an early season game in Jacksonville or Miami and I'm sweating bullets, uh, you know, losing 20 pounds on the sideline. <laughs> well, that's a good we've thing. All, we've all been there. Well, that, that particular it's thing, water that's weight. thing. It's water weight. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that just comes with the territory, I suppose. But there's nobody tougher than Lara Overton. She will no. find a way. She's like, She's like Meryl Hodge. She will find a way on the sideline to persevere. Meryl, Meryl Hodge reference. Unbelievable. Terrific by Matt Taylor. Yes, uh, D1 athlete, high-end D1 athlete, Larry Overton, that is, on the sideline. Of course, Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor in the booth. Mate, always enjoy our Friday chats. Safe travels to Baltimore, and uh, we'll be yep. listening on Sunday. Yep, likewise, boys. Andy, good luck tonight. Have fun. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Mark, shoot him straight, and Kevin, uh, go Irish, right? Thank you. There you Thank go. you, Matt Taylor, right there on the Payless Liquors. Well, wishes all uh, around right there. I know. He sounded a little reluctant <laughs> with that final one. He did, yeah.